I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. And that's really what I want to preach. I've preached this message before. I'm going to just uh, add some things to this. But I, I, want to, I want to preach just for a little while on don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. And I'm going to read out of a very familiar portion of Scripture. I'm going to read another one in a few moments. But Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All right. And again, I'm going to have some more Scripture, but you may be seated on this particular one. A couple of centuries ago, when I was a young man, um, Lewis and Clark led a group of explorers in search of a passageway through to the west, uh, actually through the Continental Divide to the west coast of the United States. Now, while they were journeying up the Missouri River, they, uh, through the present day North Dakota, the explorers found a tribe of Indians called the Mandans. Now, over the years, there's been a lot of speculations from, uh, from the fact of the, the uh, notes that was left by Lewis and Clark concerning this tribe of Indians. There's been a lot of speculation that these Indians was a result of, uh, they actually were called the Welsh Indians, and some people believed that they were the descendants of the displaced Prince of Wales named Madoc who had sailed eastward from his homeland with a large group in 1167. Now, it has been theorized that this group landed in North America, uh, the group with, with the Prince of Wales, the displaced Prince of Wales, and they began to migrate and intermarry as they went along uh, our, our country. Some of the Mandans at the time of Lewis and Clark were fair-skinned. They had blonde hair and they were blue-eyed. And they spoke about 130 words of the Welsh language. But of a particular interest was their religious beliefs. They believed in one God and not in many gods as the other tribes believed. They believed they were descendants of men who survived a great flood. They believed their God had come to earth disguised as a man, but he was killed. Now, if the Mandans were indeed, and we don't know this for a fact, descendants of Madoc, Lewis and Clark would have noticed that they had lost something. They had lost their identity. They had lost their place of origin. And they had lost the name of their God. They no longer knew that. God did not want His people to forget in fact, when you do communion service, it is a feast of remembrance because Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. The word remember or remembrance is used 52 times in the Bible. 52 times. God himself in the book of Malachi said he had a book of remembrance. He wants us to remember. And in Numbers the 15th chapter, verses 37 through 41. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, 
and that they put upon the friends of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a friends, and you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which ye used to go a whoring. And that ye remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. God gave them a commandment to put fringes on their garments. Now there was, there was more than one reason for this. When they came out of Egypt, the attire of a slave was very short, up about mid-thigh. One of the things that he wanted them to do is they wanted them to hide their nakedness. Number one. Number two, he gave them the color blue to be a reminder of who he was. And also when they looked at it to remember that he had brought them out of this land and that they were no longer a part of the Egyptians. They were a peculiar people. They were different. They did not live like the Egyptians. They did not look like the Egyptians. And they were going to be obedient to the commands that God had given them. God wants a group of people that not only remember him, but they remember how to live for him. They want them to live for him in the the right way. We are a different group of people. You are not like everybody else out there. You are not the same people that you were before you came into the church. You are a holy people. You are our people by the name of Jesus. We're not going to forget His name. We're not going to forget where we came from. And we're not going to forget where we're going. Oh, Jesus has done some great things for us. And we need never forget that. Give Him a hand. God has this thing about the color blue. It is indicative of the heavens that God wanted His house draped in blue. Aaron's ephod and those of the priests were made of blue material. The curtains of the tabernacle were fringed in blue. The furnishings were draped in blue while traveling. You can see a small Israelite child running into his tent with his mom and dad and say, Hey, he said, everything's draped in blue. We're moving today. We're leaving. I know that we're leaving because everything is draped in blue. So, so he, he gave them a time to march. And, and we're passing through this world, folks. We are pilgrims and strangers. We're going to a far better country, a land flowing with milk and honey. It's time, he said it very well, for us to move. It's time for us to move. We're going to a better country. But you see, the problem with us is we've forgotten all about that. We need to be reminded often because the world has a way of eroding your faith. It has a way of eroding everything. You work in it every day. You're a part of it all the time. But somehow if you look at it and you, you allow the depressive spirit to get on you, it begins to pull you down and get you at the level of the world. We are not at the level of the world. We are not on that level. Why? Because there was a child that was born. Come on now. There was a child that was born. And that child was wrapped in swaddling clothes. You know what was interesting? I, I, I was reading this a while ago, and I, I decided I was going to look up swaddling. I'd never done it. So I looked up swaddling, and, and actually swaddling is strips, like the ribbon of blue. It was strips that were wrapped around. They took those babies and made mummies out of them. 
Okay, that's what they did. They stripped. And, and I got to thinking about that. You know, one thing is that we can look. Every time I hear the term swaddling, or I, I think of, of a stable. What do you think of? You think of the one that was born in the stable. You think of Jesus as a child. You think of that. You see, we need to be reminded every time that they get an opportunity, every time we get an opportunity, that Jesus Christ, the God of all glory, came to this earth and was born. Now listen, you can say stable and you can think of a little wooden structure. It wasn't. It was a hole in the ground. That's what they say. It was a cave. He was born in a cave. He was buried in a cave. And neither one of them could hold him. Come on now. Neither one of them could hold him. <laughs> I, 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 I look at this and I see, you know, we, we, we've got we to remember that the one who's behind us, the one that we're serving, he's not, no, he's no longer a child. He's no longer in the tomb. I know that. But we need to remember that God loved us so much that he came to this earth, that God loved us so much that he was born, wrapped in swaddling clothes, born in a state. I need to remember that every day. Every time I feel the world begin to erode my faith just a little bit more, I've got to remember, I've got a God that came to this earth and knows everything that I feel, has been involved in everything that I feel. He knows it. Moses not only brought the color of heaven into God's house, he brought it to the apparel of each child of God. And he commanded them to sew a ribbon of blue around the base of their garments. They should remind them that this world is not their home. The blue cord was to remind them that they were a people of God. Don't ever forget that God came as a child so that we could be something different, something special. You're not just a person that comes to church twice a week. You are a person that has been purchased with his own blood. You're a person that's got a special relationship. You are a person that Jesus died for. You are a person that Jesus came for. You are a person in this church right now. Oh, come on. You need to remember that. You need to remember where you came from and remember that God loved you so much that he pulled you out of a world and gave you hope. And we, we, we too need a, a blue cord. And, and, and I'm not saying that we need uh, one on our clothes, but we need to sew one on the very fabric of our spirits. The very fabric of our hearts. We need to put a blue ribbon around the periphery of our thoughts. And be reminded, we do not belong here. We need to remember, 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 I do not belong to this world. When I got the Holy Ghost, that's the one thing that came into my heart, and it has never left me. I want to see everybody make it to heaven. I want to win as many people as I can. But I do not belong to this world. I am just passing through. I'm a pilgrim. And if nothing works out right for me, as long as I make it to heaven, that is the only thing that's important. Blue ribbon was there for them to remember they were different. They were distinct. They were set apart from this world. John 1, 11 through 12 says, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. 
But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. You and I are the sons of God. We are the King's kids. We're the children of the Almighty. And it wasn't always this way because Paul said in Ephesians 2, in times past we were Gentiles in the flesh. We were without Christ, strangers, without God and afar off, but not any longer. We have drawn near to God. We have drawn near to Him. Oh, I wish I could get off this platform. I'd like to go to preach, but I don't feel afraid I can't get back up. We need to remember the times. I, 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 as I was, I was pondering this and praying about this, I, I can and I think every one of us need to remember not just the fact that Jesus came and was born in a stable, but we need to remember those people that were before us that gave us words of encouragement that kept witnessing to us. We need to remember our parents who did all they possibly could to see us get in church and stay in church. I need to remember those in this church that have gone before me. I need to remember those Brother Balt, who, who gave everything, Sister Balt, who gave everything they could give to see this church begin. I need to remember that. I need to remember I'm following in some very big footsteps. Are you with me? I need to remember that. I need to remember my mom and my dad who were right there and trying to get me to serve God with all their heart. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here tonight. I need to remember that. And I don't care how bad things may have turned out in some of your families. You remember the person that gave you that encouragement. Are you hearing me? You need to remember that person. I think of some of these people that, that held a holiness standard up until the time they died. They'd be flipping over in their grave if they saw some of the churches right now. But we're not going to be that way at McCormick's Creek. We're going to hang on. I came out of Egypt. I'm not going back into it. My God! I, I'll give you every opportunity, whoever you are, to serve God. But one thing I'll never stop doing, and that's preaching the truth. I'll never stop preaching what the reality of this is all about. Thank God somebody gave me an opportunity. Thank God some, some people overlooked some bad things I did. All right? But the fact remains as I honored them because I looked at their life and I seen how they were living and they were living exactly what they preached. They were living it. And I may not have been at the time, but I can say this one thing. What I saw impacted me. God did not come to this world so that we could go into a church and play pat a cake or have a coasting service. Oh, yeah. You know what a coasting service is, right? You just coast down. You, you stand up there and you coast down the hill. And you wait till the end of the whole thing and go home or go to McDonald's or whatever you do and have good fellowship. Nothing wrong with good fellowship. But I need to leave this place with something good in my spirit. I need to leave this place knowing that someone spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave the others. I need to leave this place knowing someone was baptized in Jesus' name. leave this place and let somebody dedicated themselves to God once and for all and said, I'm not going to live a coasting life. Jesus, where have you been? Where have you been, Jesus? We've been frightened. It's been three days and we couldn't find you. Mary and Joseph looked at their 12-year-old boy 
as if he was a stranger. Stranger still was the Lord's response. He said, didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? Didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? Jesus didn't come for us just to come together and pat a cake a little bit. Jesus didn't come for that purpose. He came so that we could all be about our Father's business. He set that example at this point. Jesus knew who He was. Do you and I know who we are? Do you know who you are? Are you the person that can look back and see all the good things that have happened to you? And think in your heart that it's never going to happen for you again because you're going through a rough time right now. Are you going to look back and say, this is not going to work. I just don't feel God anymore. The heavens are brass. I don't think my prayers are going anywhere. I don't feel like worshiping anymore. I don't feel like running the aisles. I don't feel like lifting my hands. I don't feel like singing. Do you know who you are? Do you know the opportunity that you have? Do you know that the same God that fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost can lead you out of the mess you're in right now? Maybe it's going to take a while to get you there because God's trying to teach you a lesson that you need. But do you know that you can overcome this? Remember what He did for you before? Sometimes I'm like anybody else. Sometimes I, I, I wonder why in the world do I have to endure this? Why in the world do I have to? And then all of a sudden I, I begin to see that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and realize hey, that, 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 that same Jesus, that same Jesus, I, I remember when he healed me of this or that. I remember praying for people and seeing people, uh, you know, delivered from cancer and seeing things fall off of people and seeing, seeing in the Philippines, seeing the person that had a stroke completely overcome, be completely healed and walk and talk and be normal again. I've seen all that. I've felt it myself. Why would God stop now? Did you remember? Can't you remember the time that he did the miraculous? Can't you remember when you didn't have any money and all of a sudden somebody just walked up to you and handed it to you or it was in the mailbox or whatever it may be? Can't you remember seeing your mom and dad pray for something and you didn't know what was going on but you could feel the tension? And all of a sudden it happens. I was about... I was thinking about this boy's dead now. When I was about 10, 11 years old, this boy, he would have been eight or nine. And, you know, we all had, the older kids all had squirt guns. And we squirted whosoever was in our way. And this little guy didn't have one. And uh, went up, I was buddies with his brother. And I went up and he came out of the house and he had an orange, I still remember this, had an orange squirt gun. And he walked out of the house and he acted like he didn't see me. And he walked out and he was singing, he never failed me yet. He never, he'd been praying for that silly squirt gun. And he was singing an old song, he's never failed me yet, Jesus Christ has never failed me yet. You know, that may be a silly story, but I remember it. 
And that had an impact on me when I was maybe 11 years old. Because this little guy could sing this song about a silly squirt gun. But you see, that silly squirt gun was a big deal to him. Don't ever forget, you know, you might listen to somebody just talk about this great thing that God has done. It may seem so small to you, but they're remembering what God did for them, that God did this thing for them, and it's going to help them to overcome the big things later in life. We're the sons of God. And why does that matter? John said, if this hope burns brightly within, it purifies us. It prepares us. It keeps us from being deceived. And we know who we are, and we reflect Jesus in all we say and we do. And we're about our Father's business, and we know our identity. I know who I am. I see sometimes so many long faces in Maybe, you know, maybe I, I could be guilty of the same thing, but I, I'm always reminded, I remember, I think I can remember just about every person in there that's had a, a, a great move of God in their life, that God has done a miracle in, in some way or the other in their lives. And I look at them and say, can't you remember when they're so down and, and so long and so whiny about it? I said, can you, I, I want to say it, can't you remember what God did for you? Do you remember the condition you was in when you first came to this altar? Do you remember what was hanging over your head and God took care of that situation? Can't you remember? How many times do we read this scripture? I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. We read it over and over and over and over. I counted over 150 times that this is repeated in scripture. Now you hear me 150 times. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. 150 times. God wants you to know where you came from. You were once a slave. You were once under a cruel taskmaster. But God, what did he do? He brought you out of it. He brought you out. Can't you remember that? Look at that blue cord and remember. Remember that God provided for you. God took care of you. Every good and perfect thing comes down from above. God did this. God brought me out. God delivered me. I can remember. I can remember. I can remember. I look at my family and I can remember what could have been. remember where I came from. I was a part of the unrighteous throng. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, infeminate abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, and extortioners. But now I'm washed. Now I'm sanctified. Now I'm justified by the name of Jesus and the Spirit of our God. Now I am. I am from the earth. But that blue cord of memory reminds me where I'm going. I've got a home beyond the blue. I will praise the one who brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He brought me out of the land of bondage to lead me into a land of promise. And I don't take this lightly when I talk about crossing the Jordan River. I don't take it lightly. I'm on the other side and I'm not going back. I'm not going back to where I once was. 
I got some promises. I may be limping now, but I'm not going to stay that way. Are you hearing me? I know that. I am just a, I know that like I know my name. And you see, the only way that you're ever going to get there is when you have that kind of faith. Do not allow the world to erode and take away from you. You, you are the one who should be taking away from the world. I want to take as many people out of the world as I possibly can. I'll give him a hand clap. Remember the name of that baby that was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Don't ever forget that name. I don't care what society says. I don't care what society does. When it's time to thank your God, you need to thank Him by His name. I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus. And it is nowhere near, are you hearing me? Nowhere near, even close to a Muhammad or a Buddha or any of the rest of them. We're not talking about a name of a prophet. We're not talking about the name of an idol. We're talking about the name of the eternal God of glory. And don't you think that you have to be embarrassed? Don't you think you have to back down? Don't you think you have to be ashamed to mention the name of Jesus? Because it is a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Are you hearing me? You know, the Talmud speaks of, of the name, the Hebrew, uh, it's called the Hebrew Tetragrammation, and it's translated as YHWH. The Jews, the Jews stopped saying the name of God because they stopped calling on the name, believing it to be too holy to say. Annually, the high priest would whisper it to the other priest, the younger ones, annually, because it was too holy to mention it. And how they must have longed to hear the name. You realize that in the world economy that we got a right to say that name. Now, they may try to take it away from us sometime in our country. But in a lot of countries, they can't. Do you know that? Do you know that in some areas that they couldn't mention the name of Jesus? I know that in some areas around here it's that way or about that bad now. But the very fact, I, I don't want to keep it within these four walls. You mentioned that this morning. That was good. I don't want to just keep it here. But I am so thankful that we can. Are you hearing me? I'm so thankful that regardless of who would walk in this place, I could look them right square in the eye and say, Jesus Christ is God Almighty, and I'm not embarrassed to say it. In the <laughs> they may make Thanksgiving into Turkey Day. Was, I heard someone say it the other day. It made me about half mad. Actually, I've got to pray through a lot. The older I get, the madder I get when I hear people doing stupid things. It's Turkey Day. Well, the only turkey around here is in front of me, you knucklehead.
And I realize the Christmas business, that when you say Christmas, you're saying bloody sacrifice of Christ. That's what Christ Mass means. I know that. But the fact remains, at least we're able to say something that the world equates with Christianity. That's the only reason I back down from that, because it is equated now with Christianity. And to be totally against Christmas equates us with the Jehovah Witnesses. I'm not completely. I might still say Happy Hanukkah a few times, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying that equates us with Christianity. I mean, my preference would be Happy Jesus' birthday and say it in September. That's what I would prefer to do. Not only that, I could get a lot better deals in shopping in September. Or make it after December 25th when all the sales are on. I see? But if we did that, we'd get some kind of thing, you know, plastered on us. You know, whatever. But the fact remains that I am a Jesus person. I don't want to ever forget the name or be afraid to mention the name. Let's just say it together. Say Jesus with me. Jesus, let's do it again. Jesus, never be ashamed or embarrassed of that wonderful name. Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hold on, God, without a name. Jesus! Come on, Jesus! Jesus! <laughs> we are the people of the name. The name is invoked over us in baptism. His name is a strong tower. By His name we are healed. By His name we triumph. All we do, we do in His name. Diseases must bow their heads in His name. Guilt, worry, depression, and strife must bow their heads at His name. Stand with me. I'm done. Someone needs to be obedient. Someone needs to be obedient.
receive that in Jesus' name. I'm opening this altar. If you've been depressed, this time of year sometimes can be so depressive. And you walked into this place and you felt hopeless. God wants to give you hope. This altar is open for you. This altar is open for you. This altar is open for you. Don't be embarrassed to come. There's a lot of people that can feel that way. There's a lot of times that we, we feel depressed, we feel down. Sometimes we even feel suicidal, and especially this time of year. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Don't be ashamed. Jesus came for the purpose that we're, the purpose that we're seeing right now. What's happening in this sanctuary at this time? That's why Jesus came. That's why he was born in a stable. That's why he took on the form of a man. So he could understand and know the troubles that you face. That he could feel what you feel. And he could understand sometimes the loneliness that happens. He felt lonely. He felt all of this. He felt it on the cross. He took all of this on himself so that you could walk away from this altar on top of things. You could walk away from this altar not only filled with His Spirit, but filled with hope. Would you come? I've got my eyes closed, and I know there's people down here, but I, I'm just going to continue until I feel, until I feel that whoever needs to be down here has made it down this way. I still in my heart feel that you have, you have walked with, with depression, that you've, you have felt low, and, and as Christmas approaches, you feel that much more. You feel lonely. You feel like that things, people don't love you. You feel like that you're not cared for. And regardless of how many people you're around, you can't quite shake that feeling. Regardless of how many people that tell you that they love you, you can't quite shake that feeling. Would you come and let Jesus take that away from you this evening? Would you walk down here at one of these front pews or at the end of the altar here? Would you come and let Him remove that from you this evening? Would you come? I'm not going to make a lengthy altar call. I just want you to have that opportunity because you're feeling conviction right now. You feel and you know I'm speaking to you. You feel that loneliness. You feel like that it's, that it's, uh, it's just not going to, you're not going to be able to overcome it, but you can overcome it tonight because of a babe that was born in a manger, because a child that was given. Jesus loves us without any reservation. He loves you without any reservation. And He doesn't want you to feel hopeless. He wants you to feel the same kind of hope that I'm speaking of here this evening. Would you come? Would you come? This altar remains open as I lay this microphone down. This altar will remain open for you. Lord bless you all this evening. If you must talk, please go out in the sanctuary.